Good evening, dummies, episode 279. Yes, 279. We're moving on up to the east side. I said dummies, I think. What does dummies mean? If I didn't say dummies, hello, dummies. Dummies are the don't unfriend me's. It's not an insult. I call everybody who watches the show dummies, and they call me the head dummy. And, well, it's just a pleasant little title. It's better than deplorables, don't you think? What are we doing tonight? Well, episode 279 should be a fun one, but first, my name is Matthew Spear. I am your host. I created Don't Unfriend Me, and I walk you through current events, things that are going on, or whatever tickles my pickle. And tonight, we will be talking about Joe Biden and all of his wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things that he said about all Republicans, not the ones that are at Capitol Hill or your state capitol or the city council's office or the school board, but you and me, all Republicans, you want to stay tuned and watch this? I will be right back. First, I'm going to do a little intro. If you want to skip the intro, go to these minutes and you'll be able to get right to the start of the show. I'll be right back. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point, and always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him. Sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. You know, usually I get this question, what this little ticker is right here the, that my mic is blocking. Let me move that out of the way. That is my Facebook likes machine. And if you wouldn't mind, if you go to at don't unfriend me show, you can follow the show, be updated when I go live and all of that stuff as I scoot over, get situated and let's do the show tonight. Thanks for watching, by the way. When Joe Biden was in the Civil War, as I sipped my morning Biden, I mean, Joe and scrolled through the morning entertainment section, you know, the news. I found some disturbing comparisons that not only frustrated me, but made me realize something without equivocation any longer. Joe Biden may not be working with a full deck, but the real truth is the man was never a rocket surgeon to begin with. But how smart is Joe Biden? Is there a way to gauge this without him taking an IQ test? We don't really know yet. Archaeologists and paleobiologists have been looking and digging, but haven't found anything yet. One reason is probably that the size of the sieves being used are not small enough to retain IQ particles that are very small. Other methods that have been tried include mast spectroscopy, electron microscope scans, and telepathy. So far, only static has been recorded. Several seeing-eye dogs have been questioned, but they all claim to have not even heard their friends mentioning any related sense. Still in the works, fortune tellers are being sought for consultation. Investigators are learning how to use tarot cards. Three scientists are assigned to reading horoscopes in hopes of finding some sort of clue. DNA analysis has failed because the only available DNA was way too old to be of any value and there seems to be no evidence of any newly generated DNA samples. The best hope so far is from contacts in China, Russia, and Ukraine. They are presumably most closely in contact with whatever evidence that may exist. 
All tongue-in-cheek, of course, and in all seriousness, I have defended Biden, and even though I despise his presidency and his policies, I have always tried to remain civil and at least keep the punches above the belt. Well, Joe decided to change all of that last night. Let me first start off by telling you a story of three men. No, they didn't have lovely hairs of gold. These three men all had things in common, though. Several things. And see if you can spot them when I recount their history on this mortal coil. Jefferson Davis was proud of slavery. He boasted how the number of slaves in the southern states had grown from 600,000 to 4 million in 80 years. And how those brute savages had been turned into docile laborers under the benevolent care of a superior race. Thanks to their work, the South had become civilized and prosperous. Jefferson Finnis Davis was an American politician who served as the president of the Confederate States from 1861 to 1865. He was many things, but best known for his staunch support of slavery. As for his own slaves, for what it's worth, Davis didn't seem to have been particularly brutal to them. Let's give him a round of applause for that, shall we? He did express approval of lynching those of vile temper, of low instincts, of base purpose who would otherwise escape justice. He believed that black people on their own were incapable of civilization, being able only to ape the rulers of the earth. Nevertheless, as shown in the quote above, he did believe that it was the duty of superior white race to provide bodily comforts and careful religious instruction to its slaves. Isn't that lovely? Our next contestant. On the price is wrong is Bull Connor. And yes, he was just like his name sounds. Theophilus Eugene Bull Connor was an American politician who served as commissioner of public safety for the city of Birmingham, Alabama. More than two decades he did this. He was a white supremacist. Bull Connor enforced legal racial segregation and denied civil rights to black citizens, especially during 1963's Birmingham campaign led by Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Bull Connor used his administrative authority over the police and fire departments to ensure that Birmingham remained, as Martin Luther King described it, the most segregated city in America. Sounds charming. Lastly, and we save the best for last, George Corley Wallace Jr., was an American politician who served as the 45th governor of Alabama for four terms. He ran for president, was summarily shot and paralyzed, and supposedly had the epiphany to apologize for his transgressions and utter hatred of African Americans, and that would be that. He would do or say anything that he thought would gain him power or give him an advantage, even if that meant buddying up to racists and white supremacists. That's what he would do. If it meant that he needed to reach out to black voters who were then part of the electorate, thanks to the passage of civil rights legislation that vehemently opposed and he hated, he would do that as well. George Wallace was not a man who would leave any money on the table, so to speak. George Wallace's life consisted of doing what was best for George Wallace. If that meant that he had to change public positions to accommodate changes in the social and political landscapes, then that's what he did. He was an opportunist whenever the opportunities to be so were opportune. Now, it's extremely important to understand the things these men shared, and I am sure you can gather the commonalities quite easily. Well, another commonality was thrust upon all of us yesterday by our commander-in-chief, Joe Biden. 
And here it is for you. How do you want to be remembered? At consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the side on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. So the message is clear. You either vote for me and with me, or you are going to be seen as a traitor to the union or a closet KKK member who believes boys and girls should be divided due to the color of their skin. Doesn't this sound familiar? Haven't we heard something like this before? The uh, guilt ultimatum, I think we call it. We remember it from our moms, don't we? Matthew Owen Spear, I am your mother. One day I will be old and gray and will be dead. And how will you feel when you didn't clean your room for me? Dr. Fucky, the head charlatan in charge of our country who dictates policy on a whim and whips his stethoscope, stethoscope around like a wizard's wand, said back in June, quote, attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. All of the things I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning, I have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people. Now, I'm not sure when the administration began with the Napoleon complex strategy, but when they did, you're either with me or against me mentality. When did it actually begin? I'm so very confused by the liberals who tore down Trump every day for four years, and I'm not calling out leftists. I usually make a clear distinction and leave liberals out of the fray because generally Americans are moderates and are closer together than apart. But how in the name of God are liberals not melting down over this type of language and demanding accountability? Is it because Donald Trump wasn't nice to you? Was it because he said divisive things? I am sure. But does that make it right? Trump always went after politicians or those that went after him. But the left make broad sweeping statements from baskets full of deplorables, gun grabbing, Bible thumping, racist, xenophobe, Islamophobics, anti-vaxxers. And now we are all on par with some of the worst racists in history. It doesn't make sense change your position because you've got to be guided by the science and the current data that issue at mass is people want to fire me or put me in jail for what i've done namely follow the science like i could go the next half an hour going through each and every point that they make it's it's preposterous chuck totally preposterous Rand Paul doesn't think so, and he sure did a good job taking care of that. I'm sorry, people, but some things are tongue-in-cheek, and the president was not doing it at that point. This is nothing of the sort. Joe Biden was quoted in the past when speaking about George Wallace. He says, I think the Democratic Party could stand a liberal George Wallace, someone who's not afraid to stand up and offend people or hang them from trees. That's not part of the quote. Someone who, would, who wouldn't pander but would say what the American people know in their gut is right, Biden said. He also reportedly told Alabama voters on the presidential campaign trail in 1987 that he had received an award from Wallace in 1973 and said in 1981 that sometimes even George Wallace is right. Biden has also drawn scrutiny in the past for his praise of segregationist Senator Strom Thurmond, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, 
took aim at critics of President Biden's speech on voting rights, calling objections to his vitriolic tone hilarious. I know there has been a lot of claim of the offensive speech and the nature of the speech yesterday, she says, which is hilarious on many levels, given how many people sat silently over the last four years for the former president, Saki said during her Wednesday's press briefing. I made a comparison to this administration flirting with communism and oppressive rule the other day, and this is even more of the same. You are either my friend or my enemy is not politicking. It is what dictators would say. And not the made-up ones you used on Trump, but real examples of divisive and scary language. Now, I always try to remain separate from the mud, and I have slung a few mud balls during my time. But for Joe Biden to sit up there and espouse to be the white Martin Luther King is utter and complete horseshit. Robert Byrd served as U.S. representatives for the state of West Virginia from 53 to 59 and as a U.S. senator from 59 until his death in 2010. Biden delivered a eulogy for Byrd on July 2, 2010, and other prominent political leaders such as Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, also spoke at the funeral. In the early 1940s, Byrd recruited 150 people in West Virginia to form a chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. Joel Baskin, the Grand Dragon of Mid-Atlantic Region, arrived to organize the chapter. Baskin was impressed with Byrd's skills and encouraged him to get involved in politics. Byrd was unanimously named Exalted Cyclops, which meant that Byrd was the top officer in the local clan, or he was a level 42 demon god in Dungeons and Dragons. The responsibilities for this role included leading meetings and initiating incoming members. Biden seemed proud of them. He sided with notorious segregationists to oppose integrative busing, saying in 1977 he did not want his white children to grow up in a jungle, the jungle being a racial jungle. Biden called Senator Robert C. Byrd a friend at Byrd's funeral. Biden called him a mentor, and he was a guide. Even more, Robert C. Byrd elevated the Senate, he said. Byrd founded a major chapter of the Klan and later stood for 14 hours to filibuster against the Civil Rights Act. The racist filibuster came eight years before Biden won a Senate seat and fast embraced Byrd, an overt racist who repeated the N-word on TV in this century as his mentor. So maybe Byrd was a confused bumpkin when he led a Klan chapter and opposed civil rights, and maybe not. I'm pretty sure it was. But why didn't Biden know that? Biden has praised or boasted about friendships with at least six segregationists, whether mocking Indian accents at 7-Eleven or calling Barack Obama, the, Barack, Barack Obama the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean. Holy crap. Biden has a disturbing record of racial and sensitive comments and actions that will never go away. But of course, we could all forgive and forget. Or not. Maybe if there was a statue of Joe Biden erected, somebody may tear it down. Joe Biden said in one of his speeches, we do ourselves no favors by pretending none of this ever happened or that it doesn't impact us today because it does still impact us today. Exactly, Biden. Exactly. You do not deserve the honor of the presidency because you no longer represent half of Americans in this country, even though that's what you promised to do. For someone who condemns President Trump whenever you can, you certainly are guilty of conducting yourself of all the things you accused him of. Oh, I forgot to mention one more thing. I promised you one more commonality between Wallace, Davis, Connor, and heck, we can now even throw Bird in as well. I know it might help to put things in perspective. They, you know, were all a part of 
a political party. I'm sure you understood. Did I happen to mention it was the Democratic Party? All four of them through and through. Oops, what a plot twist. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. Please do me a favor, like, share, and subscribe, and all that type of stuff. I would greatly appreciate it. At Don't Unfriend Me Show across social media. You can also, if you are suffering, mental illness is very serious, traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression, PTS, all veterans have some experience, either friends or family members, or have that themselves. They've seen it, they've been there, and they have done just things that most people can't even possibly understand. If you make that phone call, it will help. If you see a veteran struggling, please do. 22 commit suicide a day. It is way too many. Your phone call can save a life. Take the time. It's 100% free. It's anonymous. If you currently serve, it will not impact your career in any way, shape, or form. And last but not least, if you are a civilian, you can call them too. Veteran Crisis Hotline turns nobody away. Folks, thank you so much for watching the show. I will see you tomorrow. I'll see you live in about one hour. And then I will see you tomorrow for episode 280. God bless. Remember, we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. Good night.